Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we have on the... It's Dennis Halnon. He's one of the employee owners of Tab. Comes in and helps me out. And speaking of helping us out, we have um, our friend Wes Bryan from IT Pro TV on the line. And let me see if I can get Wes on the line here. You there, Wes? Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good, sir. How are you doing? I am doing great. Good to hear from you all. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. too. And you, you should see him on the old, uh, yep, there he is on the old Facebooks as well. I can and tell he's broadcasting with us. So we haven't checked in in a while, Wes, and uh, AI is everywhere. Yes, it is. It sure is. Um, whether it's actual intelligence or not, we have to discuss. <laughs> but um, AI, what's your feeling on AI over there at IT Pro TV? Are you guys doing anything with training? Are you guys incorporating it in any way, shape, or form with what you do? Do you have any comments or thoughts on it? Well, we're doing a bit of both. I would say uh, we're doing all of the above. Uh, it looks like it's going to be something that's it's not going away. Uh, I definitely have my reservations about it. We're going to talk. We're going to jump into uh, talking about that. Um, mm -hmm. But it is absolutely everywhere. We're leveraging it for uh, things like helping to assist in things like content creation, uh, which is really good, and and other things too. A lot of exciting things. But um, yeah, so it. You know, listen, it, it definitely has some scariness behind it, but also has a lot of great things, too. You know, mm -hmm. we were out at RSA uh, a few weeks back, and, uh, yeah. man, I have to tell you, it was everywhere. It's everything that people were talking about on the floor. And, you know, with RSA being cybersecurity-driven, uh, you know, they're leveraging it to do all kinds of things, you know. Endpoint detection and response, fancy term for mobile devices, all kinds of devices that we connect to our company and corporate networks, and then we can find uh, when things go, uh, you know, bad, not so good, and be able to respond to that. But they're also doing, you know, AI-driven EDR, you know, to protect these devices. Um, right. And just all kinds of things. So you won't even need a body. You won't need that knock anymore. You'll use the AI to decide whether or not what it sees is worthy of uh, locking down or not. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I'm very reserved about it just because that seems a lot of a lot of responsibility. Uh, you know, uh, it's definitely I've seen instances where it could potentially just completely re replace humans by recreating them in a you know in a 3D sense where you know that's replacing an instructor. Mm -hmm. But you know, 
without all the doom and gloom, let's just let's face it. There are some good <laughs> things uh, certainly about it, right? You know, and if it, just to kind of you know for the audience to break it down very basically, you hear all these terms and all these buzzwords, right? Uh, AI, you hear ML, machine learning, you hear, hear deep learning, right? Well, what does all this mean? We've kind of touched base on it before, but. Uh, think about your nesting dolls. AI is the bigger package, right? Machine learning is a functionality. It's a model, a subset of AI. Mm-hmm. And then you could think of things like deep learning as a subset of machine learning where we're using complex algorithms to make decisions. But one of the things that I really like about it is that we have to have a responsibility behind it because there needs to be a responsible design. Uh, you know, because, you know, let's face it, like some some of the things that I'm learning, like, for instance, within Microsoft is Microsoft. And, and this is not this needs to be every company. This just happens to be how they address it. Azure, uh, Amazon, they address it their own way. And I'm sure GCP does, too. But they have, for instance, they have their guiding principles. Mm-hmm. of responsible AI. We've seen things like this in the past where Microsoft puts up a 10 immutable laws of security, right, and they stick around for a while. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it should be fairness, inclusiveness, um, privacy and security, transparency, reliability, uh, and safety, and accountability. But let, let's talk about those if we could. You know, what, what does that actually mean, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot, of, a lot of words, right? Well, if you think about fairness, and this really should be all systems, right? Fairness is by de- it, it really is about uh, biased identification and mitigation, right? Uh, mm-hmm. All FX, all solutions should be treated. You should treat everybody, you know, equal, right? The yep. solution should be equal to all, yep. right? And inclusiveness, right? And we're not talking about a select few. AI, work, you know, AI solutions need to work for everyone, and they're not the same. I know that some people think, well, fairness and inclusiveness, they're the same thing. No, they're not. Um, I can be not inclusive and say there is a select few, only the people that have all the money in the world can have access to the AI systems. Is it inclusive? Uh, or, or is it fair? Well, to that select few, it's fair, but it certainly isn't inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to have both, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, and what are the challenges that, you know, inclusiveness? Uh, you know, think about speech speech recognition, right? Yep. We've got a lot of people in the United States and around the world, really, uh, that um, AI could be a good solution. It can empower them, people that maybe have a speech impediment, people that, you know, can't talk well, you know, how, how they can do text-to-speech software or real-time speech recognition that can help somebody with a disability and empower them to, through predictive typing and speaking mm-hmm. to improve their productivity, right? Yeah. Well, that's good, but it shouldn't just benefit that. One solution can benefit a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know? And then yeah. here's the ones that I really, he, I, they put these in different orders. I put them in the order that I feel that they're important mm-hmm. regardless of what they feel. The next one is uh, privacy, right? Yeah. Well, privacy, eliminating data exposure. I don't have to tell you, you all been doing this for a long time. It's one of the biggest challenges we face. Yes. Uh, and you can say data exposure through any circumstance. Uh, I don't care if it's compliance and regulation, but how does the AI system collect your information? How does it process your information? How does it utilize that information? And where is it stored? Right. Right. Uh, th- those are all things we have to think about, right? Storage goes offline, a business goes under. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so far, so, so far makes sense. You know, yeah, I oh, don't yeah. want to monopolize Definitely. the time. You no, know? it makes sense. Um, but and then transparency, right? Now they put transparency, you know, a little bit farther up in the list. But I put I switch these around: privacy and security first, because the first three focus on the customers. Mm-hmm. That that that's who is utilizing these solutions. Right. All right. Now 
The next two, I'm going to turn the focus on the people that are building the solutions. And I'm not just talking about people like Microsoft and Amazon and GCP, the people that rely or that provide these services, OpenAI, ChatGPT, that are very scalable. I'm talking about the people that leverage those systems and implement solutions based on those systems. Mm-hmm. We have to have um, that transparency, fairness, inclusiveness, right? They have to form the bedrock of that transparency. And we have, we have to have meaningful explanations of what the AI architecture is and how does the system operate, yeah. right? We have to have those as open books. If you're going to, I mean, let's think about it, right? They can potentially and will be and are making decisions that affect lives, right? And yeah. that's where the next one kind of comes into it, reliability and safety, right? We have to eliminate errors, right? We have to, we have to, how do we, you know, we have unanticipated outcomes. Regardless, I don't, I don't, as a personal IT, you know, in IT, yep. I think about the customers and the end users first, right? I don't care what the, the circumstances are, and I certainly don't care what the conditions are. Um, and that could be manipulation as well. Right. Are they verifiable, trustworthy systems? Well, that means it's going to be a lot of rigorous testing during the system development, right? And we know in any system, and I know you all support a lot of different systems, that there could mm-hmm. be what's known as system evolution sprawl, mm-hmm. right? We implemented this for this certain purpose, but as it's grown, it's no longer serving that purpose, right? right. It, it, you know, so are there checks and balances to make sure that these things that can make unsupervised decisions through deep neural networks, which is just fancy term for a bunch of algorithms, uh, I know it's oversimplification, but that's what it is, yeah. um, do they operate as intended, right? Yep. Now, so, la- lastly, if I could, sure. accountability. Last mm-hmm. one, accountability. AI designers, kind of like I said, they need to be liable for the outcomes of the systems that they create, right? So now we're focusing. What are you going to do if something goes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, think about things like predictive analysis. We know with smart cars, when everybody said that they're going to be self-driving cars, I don't know about you, but I said, oh, I'm not getting in one of those, right? right? Well, um, think of predictive analysis and operational changes that are made in real time. Right. Transportation, you all have fleets in the field, telemetry data, and they make a decision. Or this system uses some algorithm, and it makes a decision to make a right turn at a dead end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is no right turn. Right. Right. So, again, thinking back to all of those principles, who puts it in place? So. I have a, a, a kind of a love-hate relationship with well, it. I don't yeah. need it, yeah. but it, it, there needs to be checks and balances. We're relying on things that are in other people's hands, and at the end of the day, what happens if those hands break? All, all great points, Wes. All great points. So Definitely. For me, now apply that to COVID. So the approach our politicians took had none of those rules in place. And they made all sorts of decisions and did all sorts of crazy things to us. Now, you want the AI to do all the things you just enumerated, and I completely agree with everything you said. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we could apply that to politicians. And then you ask yourself, if we can get the AI to actually line up with those enumerated lists that you gave, we don't need the politicians anymore. We're actually going to get a better result, <laughs> right? Because when you have – so the whole oddity of this is – we want humans to make sure AI is controlled. I would contend we do not want the humans involved because when they are involved, they screw it up every time. At least that's my experience, and you can go back through history. Imagine if imagine if I'm a Star Trek fan. Imagine if you could find an AI that did everything you just enumerated, and it wouldn't turn into a dead end wall, right? Wouldn't that be better 
than the ding-dongs we have making the decisions now for us? Absolutely. Um, and, and if we can eliminate that bias, well, you know, automation, right? We need immutable results, you right. know, big fancy term for we, every time we deploy it, every time we create it, it's the same way. They use it in software development. Right. But that's kind of what we want. If we can get that and through the monotony of human error, which right. does happen, we can eliminate that. I think it's great. I, I, I love cloud. I teach cloud right now. I am knee deep, in, actually neck deep in, in modern endpoint administration concepts that we're mm -hmm. creating. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I always stick to the fact that we need a human behind the wheel. Um, sure. At some point, at some point, not those monotonous decisions, those right. those repetitive tasks that bring in the human error. Right. But there does need to be, I think, an overseer. And I have know, I have no issue with that. I have no issue with that. It's just when you if you take what you enumerated and applied it to politicians and applied it to governments, applied it to the things and the systems that are in place right now to run our our lives, and just how ridiculously flawed they are, to to mm -hmm. such a degree. Um, and then look at what the promise of AI could be. I mean, yes, it could be Skynet and we're all gone, right? I understand that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not naive. And, and, of course, Mr. Musk has said all this, and then what does he do? Creates an AI company. <laughs> is he the one? Is he the guy that's going to produce the better AI? I don't know. <laughs> right? Call it irony. Yeah, right, exactly. Or it's him saying, I'll do one to, to your your uh, laid-out uh, ideals there. So, I don't know. It. I am more hopeful about AI than afraid. That's just my mm -hmm. feeling about it. Um, it's going to displace a lot of people. I mean, you talked about even in teaching, right? You know, I, I was there was a story I read recently where t um, college kids prefer AI tutors to real tutors. Um, they just do. Um, there's uh, college courses that are going to be taught now with AI and not professors. Um, mm -hmm. So there's going to be instances where lots of displacement is going to occur. And to your point, it could be a 3D generation, a 3D image of Wes Bryan on the screen and the AI is talking, right? You've become a, a digital meat puppet, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are kind of already doing it in avatars. Imagine AI driven behind an avatar that's already been created. Right. Uh, most definitely. I, I'm, you know, I, I absolutely love so far what I've been doing uh, with some of the AI and some of the stuff that we've seen beyond the scenes uh, with it, especially some of the more advanced and sophisticated stuff that we've seen at RSA, which is just beyond me. I'm, I'm not even going to sit here and pretend to know half of the stuff that they were talking about. They're just, they're just these a massive uh, real-time, like, attack simulations and stuff uh, mm -hmm. and uh, predictive, you know, just things like predictive analysis, uh, you know, historical information that's being fed into it. What can we do to it? What can we find and, and you know, that we can improve? So right. it's definitely something that uh, we're going to be looking at uh, more and more. And uh, I'm, I'm getting on board uh, really early with it because, Good. you know, that's, that's, that's part of any technology, uh, especially one that's going to stick around. You either stay on board or you get left behind. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Wes, we appreciate, believe it or not, we, oh, this segment yeah. goes by so fast. Uh, <laughs> you, you, if you want to hold on, we can try to take you at the bottom of the hour, but it's a bit of a, a bit of a time here. I may as well just talk about what's going on IT Pro TV real quick. Is there anything people should know? Uh, any, any, any... Uh, yeah, just, just remember at the end of the day, like we've talked about in many segments, you know, uh, I still believe in the core foundation, uh, you know, uh, of learning the technologies learning, you know, what hands-on computers are, learning what the boards, you know, the hardware and stuff, learning what the networks do. Just remember mm -hmm. that physical connections are always important. And I want to let you know that we have a new code 
the code is uh, more a code for me because IT Pro TV technically doesn't really exist anymore. It's IT Pro and ACI Learning. So they <laughs> yep. gave me a new code. <laughs> yep. And they said, use West 30. So any of your viewers oh. out there that, uh, again, you please, there are plenty of free things out there. Utilize YouTube. There are so many free things out there. I'm not trying to sell anything no, here, no, but if no. you like what you see, use West 30. You can get a little bit of a, a discount. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, stay hungry. Keep, you know, keep, keep learning, keep studying, and uh, just keep your hands on technology and treat it like a hobby. It's so fun. Sounds good, Wes. And we'll put that updated link on our page over at computertalkwithtab.com. Thank you now. All right, Wes, thanks for checking in. Nice talking with you. Yeah. You too. All right, see you next time. Thanks, Wes. All right, so, you know, Wes, talking about AI and what's out there, um, yes, it's going to make your hair hurt when it comes to what's going on with AI, but I think it's going to make our lives better. I, I'm, I'm hoping it is. Yeah. And uh, and it, we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. We'll step out for a quick break. Jim, Doug, and Lorraine, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back. Let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us. And uh, I'm sure Wes gave you a lot to think about. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Jim in Summers next. What's happening, Jim? Jim, you there? Good morning. Morning. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Great. Uh, I, I got a, a question for you, and thank you for helping. Um, mm-hmm. So my wife uh, went to go on to a website today, and it says uh, not connecting to server. And... Uh, we have the new frontier thing uh, downstairs, and I connected a, I, I wired it to an upstairs router, a Netgear Nighthawk. Mm. Um, so just for kicks, I says, well, let's connect it to the upstairs one, and it worked fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the wireless upstairs, the, the names are different. Um, right. They had the same password, though. Right. Um, so I was wondering, should I, I, I know that, I, I want to uh, have it automatically connect to the strongest signal that I can give them both the same username and password. Um, but I, I, I looked it up and I, I since I have to disable the DHCP server on router number two yes. to prevent yeah. IP conflicts. Yes. Uh, and there's a whole sequence of stuff that I have to do. And I'm just wondering if it's worth it or not. It's not. You should not have two. You should not have two routers in your network. Is what right. you're doing. It's yeah. a huge no. It's a huge no no, and uh, we see it all the time. Um, it's it's really kind of silly. So not it's silly in the business world, not in your world. Um, so instead of putting a Nighthawk router, what you do is you go buy an access point, a wireless mm-hmm. access point, and you just connect it to your Frontier box, and you'll use the same SSID. It's all part of the same network, and that'll solve your issue. And you take if you just bought the the net the Nighthawk, you can return it. I hope. Um, no, I got nothing. Oh, that's even better. Oh, okay. So go out yeah. and get what's called an access point. You don't need a router. You need a wireless access point to then connect to that wire you have up there, and the, it'll use the same SSID, and now you're all set. How about yeah. one of those uh, ubiquity? Flying saucer looking yeah, like things. Definitely. Those are awesome. Yeah, those, we, we those, recommend them. Those things are smoking. Okay. Go get the flying uh, saucer. <laughs> All right, Jim. All right, thank you. You're welcome, sir. Bye. All right, bye-bye. We do see too many people putting routers, multiple routers in businesses yeah. all the time. Uh, yeah. It's like, what are you guys thinking? <laughs> so uh, we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Stick around. Two lines open for you. You want to talk about AI? 
You know, did we did did we make you nervous? Did we make you feel better? <laughs> I don't know. 860-522-9842. Two lines open. Doug and Lorraine, hang on. We'll get to your calls. Everything we've talked about is posted over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. So if you do want to use the Bing uh, AI to create yeah. your next work of art, you can just do it. Yeah. You can be unartistic like me and create a beautiful work of art. We'll be right back. <laughs> you're going to hear in the park in Hartford this weekend for free. Yeah. So head on down to Hartford for the Jazz Fest and uh, enjoy. Let's get to your calls. We're going to go to um, who's been on the, long, the longest. We're going to go to Doug in Middletown next. What's happening, Doug? Hey, how are you? Thanks Good. for taking my call. Our pleasure. So I want to talk about encryption and get a better understanding of what that's doing for me. But before we go there, just a really quick story you might get a kick out of. All right. Back in 90 or 91, with my Tandy computer and floppy disks, Mm -hmm. looking at source code, I created a website to sell packaging. I found a place that would host it for me. And the first email I got was, get off the net you capitalist pig <laughs> can you uh, can you imagine somebody being so offended yes that somebody's trying to sell something on the internet yes because it was created by the the uh, colleges they were the ones that were the backbone of yeah, the internet came from berkeley <laughs> right, exactly well good for you for so being anyway, one of the first yes so my question about encryption. Yeah. I'm trying to really understand what that's exactly doing for me. I cut the cord from cable. I had to go say bye-bye to my Comcast email. Yep. I left it up for, you know, a couple of months. Yep. And, you know, with return and, you know, go here for anybody that really cares about me. Mm-hmm. So I, I signed up for Proton.me. Good. And I'm not really understanding what that's doing for me because John down the street sends me an email it lands in Proton. Yes. I don't like their file folders because I'm not able to manipulate them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I probably have like 50 different folders for business and personal and shopping and gardening and all that yeah. other stuff. Yeah. So I had to create the bridge to go back to my Outlook Correct. program. That's what I use. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So... What's it doing for you? Your biggest question is the biggest key here is what it's doing for you. And I'll give you my opinion, and Dennis probably has one too. But the the biggest issue we're having these days is the bad guys are infiltrating our email. And then they're accessing any services we use with that email, right? Any correspondence you get from your attorney, any correspondence from your accountant, any correspondence from your business folks, if the bad guys are inside your email, is a bad thing. Um, Now, with Proton and two-factor authentication – the the whole thing is encrypted, meaning the bad guys could still trick you into getting into your email, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot harder for them to infiltrate or get into anybody's email system, especially the ones that's hosted at Proton in Switzerland, in that it's encrypted to the point where they don't have the key. Okay? So if they don't have the key, they'll if they're hacked, right, which of course can happen, no one's going to say they can't be hacked, even if they're hacked, your data is completely encrypted. So let's say there's a bad guy in, in Switzerland who worked with a bad guy in China. 
and the China guy pays him a thousand Swiss francs and says, "Hey, give me access to Doug's email." Well, they can't do anything about it because you can't get access to the system. It's all encrypted. So they can't grab something from John down the street coming in. The way they grab it is once it's already in. When it's in, box. when it's in your box, your box is safe. Right. John when, is not safe. Right. John is not safe. Also, the email is not safe while it's in transit. Right. Okay. But once it's in your mailbox and sitting there, then it's encrypted and it's part of that. And it's encrypted by a public-private key that's developed when you create your account. Mm -hmm. And not even the Proton people, at least from what I've been told, not even they can get into it. Right. So, so even when it goes across the bridge to my Outlook, is it still... The bridge, the bridge software that you're talking about, yeah. that uh -huh. is encrypted by TLS, right? I think. Or it might even be a modified version of TLS that Proton came up with. But... It is encrypted between your computer and theirs. Now, if I if I walked up behind you and sit at gunpoint and said, Doug, log into your Outlook, guess what I have access to? Your email, right? Because I'm sitting here right behind you, and I've got a gun to your head, and now you're logging in, and now I can read your email, right? Um, so you, all, I, need, I need username and password and 2FA to get into your system. But the, the, the email itself is encrypted. So it reduces – we're not saying anything's foolproof, but it is a better way to secure your system than if you run – email through your your internet provider or Hotmail or Microsoft or you name it almost. Um, the, yeah. the one benefit, again, not that you're doing anything wrong, is that this is in Switzerland. right? This is not dealing with anything in, in America. So you have the ability to feel even more secure because, again, those, those keys are not available to anybody but you. Now, of course, if there's something you are doing wrong, the feds can come to you and say, hey, where's your encryption keys? And then you, you'd give them or you wouldn't or you'd go to jail. All that fun stuff can happen depending on what you what they think is wrong with you. <laughs> um, but the point is it's a lot more difficult for to be swept up in anything because it's it's not in the United States. Right. So bad guys, okay. ba the bad guys and the good guys can cannot access your email. And that's called privacy. So once it's, OK, so once it's parked on Proton. Good luck trying to trying to read my stuff. Correct. It would be pretty hard. Yeah, but they okay. could they could figure out who's sending and receiving mail. They're, but again, you can use VPNs and all that fun stuff too. Yeah, if you use like a VPN to connect to it, then it would be yeah, difficult I use for them. Express to... VPN. Okay. Okay, and you can use Proton too. Proton has their own VPN, and you might even have a certain level of service with it with your account. Right. So okay. it's just going to be a better way to secure your life. It's harder for them to you – know, you don't want to be swept up in a, in a, in a Comcast email hack. Heck, we're gonna, we have stories here about Microsoft having their emails hacked and those keys made available, right? So we're, there's a secretary – what was the secretary of commerce? Commerce, I think, and then another one, but I don't remember who it was. Yeah, I mean there's, there's still plenty of ways for the bad guys to try to attack you, but this is a little harder. Right, and don't What's think that – well, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, don't think there's anything as su such thing as perfect security right. that's totally right. impenetrable. Um, but this is another barrier for somebody to use to get into your mail. And it's going to be pretty hard for them to do They're it. They're going to go for the low-hanging fruit. What were you yeah. going to say, Doug? Okay. Um, it's just kind of funny because it's been like three months since I canceled. And, boy, that was a lot of fun to walk in with my equipment mm -hmm. and say, Goodbye. Yeah. Thank you very much. I enjoyed then that. And they start too. sending me surveys. Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? Anyway, 
I'm still getting emails right. on that account. Yep. Eventually that'll stop, I yeah. would think. I would, yeah. Um, they they want to. F- It'll die out. And then they're going to say, hey, you can always pay us to have them if you want to have your emails. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not, it's always junk emails. Right. Well, again, I, I had the um, the forwarding set up, so I right. And you moved everything yeah. over to your new Proton email box now, so yeah. you're oh, good yeah. to go. So yeah, you, I Sounds think you're going to be you're less hackable. Nothing's perfect. Um, it's you're just putting in some privacy that we all thought we had until we found out Google was reading our mail. <laughs> right. right. Understood. <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right, guys. Thanks. You got it, sir. Have a good afternoon. You too. Bye bye. That's the thing about this, right? It's uh, we're not paranoid or anything. I'm not paranoid. Do you think me a paranoid there, Dennis? I just uh, just a touch. <laughs> no, I am too. So it's just it's just we want we want privacy, right? We want the understanding that we when we make with whatever communications we're having with whatever professional organizations we're having them with, we want to know that it is private. Now, when it lands on their servers, though, like if I send an email to Dennis and he's not part of Proton, let's say, then it's not secure. Right now, that email that is email that email can be read found. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you can create secure email um, if you want to do encrypted email between third parties. You can do that. Yeah, uh, that just slows things down and causes other oh, issues. Right, but um, definitely worth checking out. Get yourself uh, an encrypted account. Uh, get one more call in here. Who's been on the longest? Lorraine has been on there forever in Madison. What's happening, Lorraine? Hey, hey, thank you so much, gentlemen, for sure. taking my call. Our pleasure. I, I feel I have a layup for you after AI and encryption. Um, <laughs> okay. I just, I'm just, I need a new printer, and I was just wondering what you recommend. This is for home use, nothing fancy, um, just a basic printer. Well, um, a lot of people at home or just a few people? Uh, just, just a few. All right. Color or not color? You know, I always have color options, but I, I tend to never use it. So um, okay. probably, yeah, I'll go with color, I guess. Even though you tend to never use it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it might be nice from time to time, I suppose. Okay. Well, I was going to angle toward a cheap black and white laser printer before you said that. My, yeah, uh, I would. Uh, why don't you tell me both? Black and white laser. <laughs> you should be able to find a cheap black and white laser printer at Staples for like 250 Yeah. I mean, the ink easily, card, easily. The, the toner might cost you another fifty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And I you know. will have to buy a, another toner cartridge right away because the starter cartridge that's in there will only yeah. crank out fifty pages, if that. Right. But okay. but, but a, a black and white laser should last you years and years and years and years right. and years. And even yeah. the toner, once you buy the real cartridge, will last you. It'll years last too. you forever. Yeah. If you want to do, it's, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, is there a special model? I mean, a name. Uh, like HP, HP would be yeah we'd have you HP. I'd have you deal with HP first if you can find an HP black and white laser in that price range um, that's available they, they the models change all the time I'm sure we can look they, one up but they do yeah. and you would want to avoid what they call HP plus because mm-hmm. you okay. will not be able to set up that printer and use it until you have created an HP cloud account right and then uh, authenticated that printer with it. Um, just, just avoid anything that has HP and the plus sign right after it. Yeah. Okay? okay. But there, okay. there will be other models that are not that type. Right. So I'm not telling you not to get HP. No. Just right, don't get right, that. Right. No, I appreciate and that. And then for, for color, look at the EcoSmart color. Print. 
uh, inkjet printers? Yeah, by Epson. Epson, yeah. And they'll give you a lot of life the, um, as well. There's another option for color printing, mm. which would be not to get a color printer at all. Just have the black and white one yep. in mm-hmm. your house. And if you need to do any color printing, take it to um, Walmart, mm-hmm. uh, maybe mm-hmm. even Walgreens or Staples, yep. and you just have them print off you know, color, color copies of something if it needs to be in color. And it's going to be, it's going to seem expensive, Hmm. but if you add up all the money that you spend to print these things Hmm. and then compare it to the cost of a decent color inkjet and then the price of the ink, you're going to make out. You are. And you're going to get a better result than you would from a home uh, color inkjet because some of them are just not that great, right? Especially right. when you're trying to print photos. No, see, I won't be doing that. I, oh. I take them okay. down to CVS and print them out from there. Well, bingo, that's what I'm talking about using yeah. somebody else to do that for you. Okay, so yep. yeah, head black, so, get a black and white laser, yeah, then black and white laser, and, and you recommend the HP for yep. that as long as it's not a plus. You got it. Or, or um, the Epson, if I decide to go with um, yes, with the, the color. Epson Echo Tank is what you're looking for. Echo Tank. Eco, if you want to be huh? specific. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You've been very helpful. I've called before, and you've always come through for me. So mm-hmm. I appreciate your help. Thank Our pleasure. You. You're welcome, Lorraine. Thank you. Enjoy. All right. Yep. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. We'll step out for a quick break. We'll get right back. This is Computer Talk. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Let's get right to your calls before we're at the top of the hour. Coming in at 11 o'clock would be Dr. Alessi with Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. So stick around for that. Let's go to Jan, I guess, in New Britain. She's been on the longest. What's happening, Jan? Uh, hi. Uh, thanks for taking 
Oh, you're breaking up. Uh, I'm not very, Oh, I'm breaking up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's my phone. It mm. seems like everything is breaking up. Um, <laughs> uh, I have <laughs> There's something with the phone, too, and I just bought a brand new one. I'm mm-hmm. probably with the connection here. Anyways, uh, my computer's saying to me that um, we sorry we can't fix your account here. I haven't opened it up in like two months at least. Uh-huh. Not good. So and you're trying to log into your Dell computer? Yeah. And it's saying we can't. Uh, you can't, we can't log you in. You have to go to accountmicrosoft.com. And I started that with my phone, but I didn't finish it. Uh, any suggestion? Yeah, so Dennis, this is one of those things where her Microsoft account is the issue, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, you're probably going to have to do exactly what they say, which is to go to account.microsoft.com. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the issue is. Um, I'm looking right now at Microsoft's own support pages about this. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, they have several. Probably different, an account recovery, right? Yeah, it's. Um, well, let's see. Did you type in the right password, Jan? Oh, that's another thing. Before I forgot my password. On my phone, it's fine because it's already in there. Mm-hmm. But on my computer, it was in there for a while. But probably because I haven't opened it. It's gone, and I thought I put it on. I put it on the sticky pad on my computer, but it's not working. <laughs> yeah, so it's right there yeah. on the computer. <laughs> All right. So yes, yeah. you you probably forgot your password. You I, need to what I think it. my guess as to what happened is, mm-hmm. um, she logged in wrong, right? And now the account is locked, right? And they want to go through a recovery process with her, right? To confirm it, you are who you say you are, right? Too. But independently of that computer. Because they're considering that computer compromised mm-hmm. until they know differently. Right. That's why you have to go to some other device or some other computer, log into your account at account.microsoft.com, just like right. they said. And it may even tell you um, we need to recover your account. It may make you go through setting a new password. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what the process will be once you start it. Okay, right. That I can't predict. But I think mm-hmm. that's what I think that's what happened. That's the scenario here. Yeah, it's not going to be fun doing it on your phone. I'll tell you. No, no, no. You you want to get on somebody else's computer and do it. Yeah. Or go to a library yeah. or something like that and do it there. That's my that's my thought is to go to the library um, because we even get a lousy signal where I work. Um, believe it or not. Mm. Um, so I go to the library, hook up with their with them. Yep. And then they can even help me <laughs> go through this. Terrible process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably not going to be that great, but, um, but you'll get through it. Okay. You'll, hey, you'll, you'll get through it. What doesn't kill us it, makes us it'll, stronger. Jane. It'll take a few steps. <laughs> I I actually assisted someone with a similar issue maybe a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, it took like fifteen or twenty minutes to go through the whole thing. Yeah, but it worked. It's nope. doable. It's yeah. doable. Yeah. But it is a pain. Uh, okay. You just want to run your computer, right? Yeah, and you're definitely yeah. going to want like a smartphone or something because they may, they may uh, try to do a validation through that too. Right. To FA. So, yeah. yeah, they have done. They've tried to send me um, a message and whatnot. And when I tried to start this, but it's I, I hit the wrong key, whatever, and I erased it. So it's bad on me. But um, okay. so I think my library is going to be my best bet. Yep. You need, a, you need access to a PC. It'll make it easier for you. Right. Okay. All right, I Jan. appreciate everything. Thanks. Our pleasure. Good Thanks luck. So 
Yeah, have a nice weekend. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I want to thank all of you for joining in on the Saturday morning. So uh, sorry, Dylan, Kate, we're not going to get to your calls. Maybe give us a ring next Saturday, and we'll do our best for you. I want to thank uh, Carolyn for producing, Mike G for posting everything on our Twitter and Facebook feeds. Dennis is, of course, posting everything over at computertalkwithtab.com. And, of course, check out the uh, Hartford Jazz Fest going on this weekend. Um, all the bumps you heard were from artists that are supposed to be showing up there. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't rain. We're looking forward to that. And remember, we need you to be geeks, too. See you guys next Saturday. And thanks, Wes Bryan, too, for joining oh, us. yeah. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.